On this week's update, things get more interesting with Loki. What exactly is Jupiter's legacy? And it's time for a preview of WrestleMania. All this and more as we reach our next stop, the PCC Multiverse. Don't be alarmed. The quasi-shimmering light before you is a trans-dimensional gateway to other worlds, other voices, other thoughts, and other realities. Up feels like down, and down feels like the number seven on a Wednesday morning. Don't worry. That quivering, blood-boiling sensation under your eyebrows is all a part of the charm. Welcome to the PCC Multiverse. And we're back with another episode of the PCC Multiverse. This is Gerald Glasser from Pop Culture Cosmos, Game Source, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, and the Lakers Fast Break. We truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our shows. And if you can, please give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Plus, if you can like, share, subscribe, or do anything that you can to support us right here at Pop Culture Cosmos, it is sincerely appreciated. But it wouldn't be a PCC multiverse without my good friend. Our returning hero has returned. You got to go ahead and check him out today on the Twitter and Instagram at CastlePCC with a K, where he's doing a lot of cool stuff there. Some drone action coming on the way. It is a good man indeed. You got to check out what his thoughts are on NASCAR, pop culture, and so much more for us here at Pop Culture Cosmos. It is. Marcus De La Garza and Marcus, congratulations again on your five-year anniversary. I have no idea how your wife puts up with you, but we're glad to have you on the show today. Man, I can't agree with that statement anymore. <laughs> I mean, it's it's amazing that she puts up with me, but I'm so glad she does. And you know, I do want to say again, happy anniversary. Send that one out across the earth. But hey, man, funny you mentioned NASCAR. There was a huge race that happened a couple of weeks ago, uh, Bristol Dirt Race, man. Yeah, that's something I wanted to talk to you about, but I didn't want to interrupt you while you're an anniversary. Okay, it was a <laughs> dirt race per yep. se, and I'm yeah. using quotations on that. They put dirt all around the Bristol Short Track Speedway, but it's interesting. By lap five, there's already a big, huge groove of dirt that's been removed, and they're just essentially running on concrete in the middle of the track. So if you stayed in the middle of the track, you're fine. It's when you went on the sides that things got a little bit hairy. Yeah, I, I think I would debate that one a little bit with you. I think w- what you were well, seeing you there was see some... the white of the track in the middle of the thing the whole way around. No, they... no, no, what you were seeing there was rubbered in dirt. I think that's no, what you were looking no, at. <laughs> no, no, it's it spread the dirt once the race started. The dirt spread out to the sides of the track, and that's what happened. All right. I'll let you keep on thinking that one. But hey, that was a fun race, at least for me. I enjoyed the spectacle of it. I know they put a lot of money into it and they already announced they're doing it again next year. So I'm looking forward to that. But yeah, man, a really great couple of weeks. And I'm I'm sorry I didn't get to share them with the family, but the pop culture cosmos family, that is. But, you know, it, it's been a, a fun time and we've got some really interesting topics today. The Sony deal is going to be amazing to talk about. We're interested on hearing your thoughts. And then, um, you know, as far as drones go, I, I feel like we keep saying, I'm just waiting on parts. I'm just waiting on parts. I really am. And uh, I put in a, a ticket today to figure out where my parts are. And hopefully by two weeks from now, we'll be building some things. And hopefully we'll get to show it off on our Twitch channel. That is oh, Pop will. Culture Cosmos. Plus, speaking of our Twitch channel, you got to check out not only the fact that we're on there right now, 
but also the fact that we have six days a week, we've got the best in tabletop RPG games, our entire crew of awesome adventurers each and every day, six days a week are out there. They're having a blast. You got to go ahead and check out all the back episodes that are there. Plus also we have tabletop RPG games that are also on our YouTube channel, Pop Culture Cosmos, and right there on Facebook at Pop Culture Cosmos. But it is going to be a great episode. We will be talking about Jupiter's Legacy on Netflix. That's coming. We saw a trailer. It dropped this week. Also, we're going to be talking some Loki. That show also dropped a trailer this week. So we'll be talking about that. We will be talking about the major decisions Sony has made. And could it lead to the end of a popular or a once popular streaming network? We'll go ahead and talk about that. Plus also as well, we're going to be talking... Our big WWE WrestleMania preview. So definitely want to go ahead and listen for that because we'll have our thoughts as we run down the entire card coming up later in the program. And Josh and I, Josh Peterson from the Pop Culture Cosmos, he's going to be on after the break to talk about geekdom, being a nerd in 2021, and anime. His thoughts on if anime is accepted in our society or it still has yet to come. We'll talk about that coming up on the episode as well. But first, my friend, I want to go ahead and ask you this. Did you hear or did you get a chance to see the latest Netflix trailer, Jupiter's Legacy? Yeah, man. Wow. What a start for a trailer. I kind of was really interested in the cast right away. Josh Duhamel, he's going to be you know one of the big main characters in this show. I've got a little, I'll admit, a little bit of a man crush on that dude. He used to play Danny McCoy in Las Vegas. Great TV show. He was in the Transformers movies with Shia LaBeouf. I think it was actually the first one that Shia LaBeouf did. Great actor in my in my book. He's made appearances throughout the Transformers series. Love the guy. Really interested in the storyline, though. It feels like we're jumping on the back of all the other superhero things that are going on right now. Oh, we are. Oh, oh we yeah. are. I mean, you've got Invincible that's out right now, the animated series that's on Amazon Prime. Of course, you got the yeah. boys. Of course, you got Umbrella Academy. Of course, you got Doom Patrol. Of course, you got everything going on in the Marvel Universe, everything on the DC Universe. Blah, 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 on and on and on and on and on. Yes, it's superheroes until you die type of deals. But yes, it is. The only thing that really sticks out to me is the creator of this is one of the guys and one of the individuals behind the Kingsman and Kickass, Mark Millar. So I'm Really looking forward to that because obviously you've seen what has happened with Kingsman, which I cannot wait for a continuation of that series. I would love to see a Kick-Ass 3. I was just going to say, I mean, both of those movies are outstanding. You look at what he's touched. It's been quite the resume. So I'm, I'm excited to see what he can do with this franchise. I just, you know, I, I made that comment about we're jumping on the back of all the other superhero stuff right now. And it's, I'm okay with it, but we're going to hit a saturation point where nobody's oh, yeah. going to want to touch superhero stuff. For a while. I agree with you. We will hit that point at somewhere along the line. I have a feeling, I think only Marvel and DC are the individual outlets that could probably overcome that. Even if, yeah. if we do hit a wall, I think that Jupiter's legacy from what I saw, it doesn't overwhelm me just by the trailer. It didn't you know, say, I got to check it out. It didn't tell me, it didn't scream that to me, but it's something I am intrigued about, but I'm not overwhelmingly in love with seeing at this point in time. 
Yeah, and I don't know if we gave a quick rundown of what to be expected with Jupiter's legacy here, but it's it revolves around the world's first superheroes, them receiving their powers, and then their children that struggle to grow up with their superpowers. So, looking forward to to at least watching the first few episodes. You know, if if, if it's great, great, I'm going to keep watching. If it's not great, I'll probably keep watching. Josh Dumel. <laughs> <laughs> Man crush right there. Watch yeah. out. High yeah. alert. High alert. But that is Jupiter's Legacy. Again, please check out the trailer. You can find the link if you just go ahead and scroll down on our Facebook page, Pop Culture Cosmos. But it is Jupiter's Legacy coming very soon in the not-too-distant future to Netflix. But once it comes out, we will go ahead and share our thoughts on it right here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. But my friend, there's still much more to talk about on today's program. And before we hit the break, I do want to go ahead and touch on a couple more things. Loki. That came out with another trailer this week, and I am pretty excited for this one. It's going to combine some of the action that we're familiar with is seeing that we're actually checking out right now with Falcon and the Winter Soldier, Mm -hmm. which as you're listening to this, episode four will be out, and we'll share our thoughts on that on the Monday episode. But when it comes to it, we're seeing, uh, I think it's a hybrid. I think with WandaVision, it went in one direction. I think with Falcon and Winter Soldier, it went in another direction. And I think Loki brings both those aspects together. And this could be the biggest hit or the biggest miss of the Marvel TV universe. Were you as surprised as I was to see Owen Wilson when that trailer opened up? First of all, his trademark blonde hair. In it is, he, he has returned to the blonde hair in interviews yeah. since then, just to let okay. everybody know. But yeah, gone. Instead of just being like a maybe a side individual or a co-star or something like that. He's actually front and center with Tom Hiddleston's Loki as someone who's going to be like his lawyer, like he's representing him in as far as the TVA, the Time Variance Authority. And he's going to be the person that's helping Loki fix the timeline that Loki broke when he took the Tesseract at the end of Avengers Endgame and all that. So are you intrigued by what you will be seeing by Loki? It comes at a very congested point in time. Black Widow will be out. And there's going to be a lot of stuff coming up in the summer. I'm thinking that it will not quite get the response initially because there's so many things that's going to be coming around that time. But I have a feeling that it's going to be a show you surely can't miss. Yeah, I uh, 100% agree with that perspective, Gerald. It's going to be a great show, and I'm excited to see what happens. I'm with you. I'm a, I'm a little bit worried. We're... We talk about the saturation point. Are we going to hit that at when this is debuting? And I hope people really enjoy this and it keeps moving forward. Owen Wilson, he looks a little Pedro Pascal-ish in the, uh, in the trailer there. I don't know, that mustache and the hair and the, the haircut itself. And it seems like Disney's really going for a vibe when they've got these male actors now. Man crush number two for you there? I mean, this was a great Owen Wilson. I don't know. Uh, okay, all right. <laughs> yeah, well, we're gonna have to call my wife in here to, you know. <laughs> no, but wait, I, he's dude, got that definitive nose. One thing that yeah. can't change is that definitive nose that Owen Wilson has. Yeah. I'm not making fun of it. I'm just saying it's very distinct. He knows basically everything that Loki's done. Yeah, and he he's telling him, "Look, you can go ahead and be in prison forever within this time frame that you're in, or you can go ahead and work towards freedom by." going ahead and fixing all these timelines. The part I love the best, though, in that trailer is when he drops Loki. Oh, that means Owen Wilson. He pushes the button, drops Loki into this room, isolated room, and he has to sign some paperwork. What paperwork is that? Oh, it's just the paperwork 
dictating every single thing that he's ever said in his lifetime. And then yeah, Loki goes, are you crazy or something right. like that? This is absurd. Like, yeah. Yeah, this, yeah. And of course it prints out too. Please sign this too. I know somebody already made a uh, Hitchhikers of the Galaxy reference to it. Yeah. It definitely has that vibe. Well, and I'm cool with that, man. I mean, if we can kind of harken back and, and give some callbacks to some great sci-fi and some great movies, you know, of our lifetime, this is going to be a fun show. It seems like we're going to have our serious moments, but hey, man, it's going to be a wild ride. I'm going to tell you right now, if you have not seen The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, the movie yeah. that came out, I think, in the earlier part of the century, it is the perfect preface i think to watching look if you have not seen the hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy yet you need to check it out before you check out loki i have a feeling it's going to fit right on in from what i'm seeing it looks really cool and loki is itself to all the different timelines he plays a role of portraying db cooper in one of the scenes where and that's going to be really cool how they're going to show that perspective of it and what happens in a certain timeline where the world's already destroyed because of something that Loki did. And he has to go ahead and either defeat or do something to all these Lokis. There's a female Loki that's been talking about as well that a lot of people were Ooh. speculating that was Black Widow. But actually, I think it's a female Loki that he has to go ahead and interact with and he has to try and stop. So it is going to be very interesting to see where we are with Loki. I think People should not underestimate how good this show can be. We're truly excited for Loki. I want to hear your thoughts out there after the second trailer dropped this week. What are your thoughts on Loki when it drops in June? Are you really excited for it? Do you think it's going to be something that's quirky yet familiar to you in the Thor universe of the Marvel Cinematic Universe? That's something you really want to see? Share us your thoughts. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. My friend, before we hit the break, one last thing I want to hit you up with, and that's a major announcement from Sony that they are now pulling all their first line movies, all their new movies will not be appearing on stars. And that is switching over to guess who? Netflix. Yeah. Chunk of change. The dollar Rooney. Yeah. You know how much they love to fork over the cash. I mean, they just spent, what, $450 million on the next Knives Out and the next Knives Out. So the next two Knives Out will be on Netflix for $450 million. Chunk of change. They're not shy about throwing the dollars around. So they get all of Sony's first-run movies that are coming. That means Venom 2, Jumanji, if they make the next Jumanji, that's going to be on there. And, of course, that means Spider-Man. So I want to hear your thoughts on the next Spider-Man because when it debuts on streaming, it'll debut on Netflix. Dude, this was a wild deal to me. I didn't know this was going on until I got the message from you in the middle of the afternoon. I'm sitting at work. I turned and looked at my good friend and said, dude, Sony to Netflix. And the first thing both of us said was Spider-Man. <laughs> and we kind of lost our minds there for a second. But yeah, dude, this is going to be really cool. I'm a little bit lost here. We had a little bit of a maybe a correction there between Sony and Marvel when it came to Spider-Man. How does this play out? Well, it's so funny because you got to remember, Marvel was on Netflix with their TV shows. They were. Then they decided to part ways because they did Disney Plus and all that. Now, who comes in with a movie that's going to be part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe? Actually, more than one when you consider the Venoms. They're going to be loosely tied to it as well. And everything yeah. going forward, at least for the foreseeable future, that's relating to Spider-Man will have some tinge of the MCU in it. And that will be on Netflix. So. It all seems to always circle around Netflix in some form or fashion. So it's going to be very interesting to see. 
But the bigger question that everybody's talking about, because I mean, so many, so many people are talking about obviously the Netflix part, but but the thing that's not talked about as much is stars. And we talked about this last week, Josh and I, in regards to American Gods being canceled, which was, I think, in my opinion, the number three show, depending on who you talk to. Power, that's a, obviously a very highly rated show. And there's other shows on stars. Outlander is a good show. So you could say it's American Gods was the number three show on there because Power and Outlander are so beloved on that network. But the thing is, do you think this is a death knell blow for stars? I'm not sure if it's the death knell blow. If you're a star, you're hoping for another movie studio to come along and backfill that hole that Sony just left. Nobody's going to fill the size of the hole that Sony just left because, I mean, they just well, pulled so much intellectual property off of stars. And who can afford to, to replace that quality? On, but on that, the problem that. is, though, I mean, Sony was the last, I don't want to say independent because they had Crackle because technically they could right, have yeah. taken mm-hmm. the time and money to build up Crackle into a competitor. But they didn't. So again, Crackle is just going to be Crackle is going to be something that's lying there twenty years from now, and is still going to be the same thing that that you saw five years ago, seemingly. So I want to say this: that Sony was the last big entity that I think was out there to go ahead and place the shows, because obviously they do not have any plans to go ahead and put out a big channel or big streaming outlet of its own. Lionsgate. Maybe, but Lionsgate doesn't have enough stuff. Yeah, uh, that's going to be a risky move on uh, Stars' part to, to yeah, pick up yeah. Lionsgate at that point. Uh, yeah. You know, it's uh, I, honestly, if if you don't mind me taking a step back here for half a second or you know, half a minute, yeah. I think this is a smart move by Sony and possibly Disney if they had any uh, any voice on the deal here, you know, specifically be, just because of the Marvel involvement. Well, I don't um, think they, if they would have had a voice on it, they would have said go to Hulu. You really think so? They own but, Hulu. Why would you here, not want to steer your stuff towards Hulu then? Well, what about diversification of IP? If you can put something that you know is going to be successful on your competitor's platform, guaranteeing that if they're making money, you're making money, you'll never be behind them. I know that's a very loosely thrown out there theory. It's not very well cooked, and and maybe we'll we'll see. I think that. Disney would have steered them towards Hulu. Yeah, I, I, I hear you, man. It's just. I don't know, dude. There's something weird about this. But deal Hulu's not I, even that popular. Hulu has what 30 million subscribers, and they've been on that number seemingly forever. They wish they were half a Netflix. That's what. Yeah. <laughs> yeah but, Disney Plus is half a Netflix right now. I think Disney Plus's goal is to overcome Netflix, and if your goal is to overcome Netflix, and again, this would lead to be something that you and I talked about a long time ago with the Star Network. And that whole, they need to incorporate everything that Hulu, ESPN Plus, and Disney Plus needs to become one entity here in North America. It does. I think that, I think that need to happen like yesterday. But I uh, don't know why it didn't happen when they announced it for everybody else but North America. But, it's that you know. Disney branding, man. It's all about the Disney branding. Well, again, it, all the first-run movies that are coming from Sony in the not-too-distant future are heading to Netflix. I think that's a big-money deal for Sony. Obviously, it gives them an influx of cash that they really needed. And for Netflix, this is obviously a big influx of content, premium, frontline, name-brand content that they will be getting that they can help push and promote that will help them stay at the top or at least give them a good chance of doing so at keeping that 200 million subscriber number. So it's going to be very interesting to see how that plays out. What are your thoughts out there on Sony moving from stars over to Netflix? Do you see this like us as a big win for Sony? And do you see this as a big loss, maybe a network closing loss for stars perhaps? 
Share us your thoughts, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. We're coming up next. It is Josh Peterson and I. We're going to be talking about nerddom, geekdom, and can <laughs> anime be accepted full-time in our culture? We're going to talk about that coming up right after the break. And then after that, on the back half of the show, it's Marcus and I doing a huge WrestleMania preview. And that's coming up. This is the PCT Multiverse. You've heard others, but nothing could prepare you for the shameful stupidity that is the Jock and Nerd Podcast. Witness the hubris as they claim to be the world's authority on comic book movies. Who said that? Never said that. We've never said that. Who cares? A jock said that. Comic book, TV, movie reviews, news, and whatever they choose. Available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you find your favorite podcasts. The Jock and Nerd Podcast. Seriously, people really listen to this. Uh, jock and Nerd! You know, I, I did some thinking over the week. Oh, that's and, always uh, bad for me, probably. You know, yeah. let me let's just walk down, let's walk down memory lane for a minute, right? Let's walk through the years, cue the Wonder Years music, just dive right into this thing with me. Uh, okay, do you remember a time back before Walking Dead was popular, back before Avengers and those movies came out, back before Big Bang Theory? Okay, what was the pop culture landscape like, right? If you liked Star Wars and Star Trek and you liked comic books, what was the label you were generally given? Nerd. Nerd. Geek. Yeah. It, and it wasn't cool. Do you remember that? It wasn't cool. Like it was people, it was unfortunate, but people made fun of you if you liked that stuff. Well, I'm just going to say right now, for me as someone who grew up as a teenager in the 80s, who likes a lot of the stuff, but I didn't show it out to the world that I liked all this stuff. I just kept it mainly to myself and just hung out at the arcades and things of that nature, like almost everybody did. But yeah, I know that nerd and geek to me at that time, you know, that was severely frowned upon. They were people, nerds and geeks were bullied. And for me, it's just something I see all these shows now that and how nerdy is cool. Being geek is cool. It's still hard for me to wrap my head around nerd and geek as far as be utilizing this show for instance yeah because i like to i like to stress pop culture just because of the fact that i still think there's some certain negative connotations behind it i maybe some long lasting and maybe i'm in the wrong and i'm probably am in the wrong when i say that but still for me it's like those last bits of bullying that was still available with those nerd and geek connotations it's all about perception with kids in high school right it's like what's cool what's not how am i being perceived and that's a real shame because I feel like if a lot of people dropped that idea of perception and just truly were free to be themselves, you know, in whatever aspect that might be, that the world would be a lot better off, right? There could be better stories out there. There could be more creative things existing in the universe, but we're so afraid of what other people might think. You know, I was a huge comic book fan. I would take my comic books to school. And yeah, I got made fun of for it, but I mean, it's, it's, what's the point they're going to call me a nerd and then what else are they going to do to me? You know, I, my school didn't have like physical bullying is more like verbal bullying. But now like I look at this landscape, you know, we have again, Walking Dead came out, Iron Man kickstarted the Marvel films. We have DC, the DCEU or whatever you want to call it. And we have video games have taken a much higher video profile. games, Walking Dead. Yeah. Like we have big, you know, I think I said Big Bang Theory already, but we have, all these things that have mainlined this culture, right? It's injected it right into the very fabric of society. And now it's cool, right? You are cool. There's there's no more hurdles to jump through. Like 
like you you go to jc Penney's or kohl's or whatever wherever you get your your clothes from right and they used to just have like no i don't know like weird branded t-shirts or there's like levi's or nikes with a just do it symbol on there or rusty or quicksilver whatever it might be but now instead you go to the t-shirt section you see mario kart t-shirts you see nintendo 64 t-shirts you see star wars stuff you see avengers stuff you see all the superhero stuff front and center licensed ips mm-hmm. so like you know it makes me think that society really does dictate like what is acceptable they dictate what it is that people like what people should and shouldn't do and i look at this and you know while comic books and all this like our pop culture culture has made it over this hurdle how long do you think it'll be before do you think that anime will ever make that jump because oh, yeah absolutely because i can tell you right now i mean my daughter who is in her first year of high school she's already noticed that she's she's not a huge fan my my younger daughter is a huge is a huge fan of anime my mm-hmm. my older daughter isn't but she's actually the marvel one she's the one that cops on our show but she noticed already that so many people there are a big fan of anime so that's something that definitely is a lot cooler to be a part of i know that you and i were brought up on akira mm-hmm. uh, as being the pinnacle of the whole universe of anime yeah. but for me again i mean we you know one of the names we never considered is a nerd or geek cosmos simply because of the fact there was i just thought there was too many negative connotations even back in 2016 yeah. when we were doing because you and i are older you and i still have those impressions of of what being a nerd geek is but I'm so thankful now that nerd and geek, those words are now a lot cooler, a lot more appreciative. And pop culture is so broad now. Pop mm-hmm. culture is just like, okay, let's follow the Kardashians and what they're doing. That's considered pop culture. Or let's follow the latest things that are going on in the gossip world. That's considered pop culture. I guess you can consider that pop culture because by its very definition, it's part of popular culture. I know we don't cover that aspect, the gossipy aspect of of that realm of pop culture, but still, it's so broad, it's so wide out there, what we can cover, what we can talk about, but the fact that you can now freely go about your day and not be worried about someone yelling at you geek or nerd or yeah. anything of that nature, that to me is really cool. Yeah, yeah, and you know, like, it, it's nice, you know, like you, uh, my yearbook in middle school, I remember there's always pages like, what is pop culture? And, you know, you look at it, there's quotes by like Blink-182 and Green Day and, you know, whatever's happening on Seventh Heaven or whatever people were watching on the CW back then. But like now you go and people are talking about like My Hero Academia, Iron Man, Umbrella Academy, like it's such a cool time to be alive. And, you know, I'm looking at it and like the the last hurdle for pop culture, I think, is anime, because like you go to stores, you go to Barnes and Noble or other bookstores, game stores, whatever it might be. You see a lot of like Dragon Ball and My Hero Academia and Fullmetal Alchemist and all that stuff. And it hasn't quite like you still see kids made fun of for watching anime. But it's only a matter of time. Like, I feel like it's well, seems... you know, in your school because you're a teacher. So you say mm-hmm. that you see this. I again, see like yeah, I, I don't. I mean, from what my kids are telling me, I mean, anime is cool, at least in our region of the country. And it's very strange that, that that's the case. I think it's going to take something like that long-awaited live-action Akira or some oh, sure. major uh, property well-known within the anime universe to you know, basically become a hit worldwide. And I think that would be that masterstroke. 
Yeah, yeah, of course. I mean, and once like theaters open back up and they start showing like they they started, you know, with like, showing things like Inuyasha and Gundam movies and Brawly in theaters before the pandemic hit. And I think once that starts happening, I think anime will finally cross that like last hurdle into the main realms of pop culture. And, you know, I'm kind of excited for that time to happen because, you know, now it, it's just going to add to the amount of like storytelling mediums out there. And I don't know. Like, I, I feel like it, it for me, like anime inspires me to be creative. Like the ones that I did watch, you know, back in the 90s, I don't really watch a lot of it anymore. But, you know, wherever you get your imagination from, I think that that should be powered and hopeful that we'll see that happen soon with anime doing the same thing that the superhero and comic book stuff did. I'm hoping that's the case as well. I'm I'm a good fan of anime. I'm not a huge fan of anime, but again, I will sit down and watch it and I'll enjoy it. I love the elements of pop culture that take from anime as far as, you know, maybe certain movies, certain shows, certain series have taken liberally from the style, the art style that is anime. Yeah. And I, I think that's something that is getting into the right direction, but no one should be teased for their love for anime or for any element of pop culture, because I think that's just, it's it's a thing that was in the past and definitely should not be part of our future yeah yeah i mean and you know my my nephew was telling me too that like he started an anime club and like kids make fun of it and stuff at his school and so i don't know it's just like you you see that a lot like it's not just at schools but you see it like people making fun of kids who are shopping and hot topic and stuff like that so i just i would love to see anime come into the realm of like i guess not cool but like whatever wherever we're sitting with like comic book stuff right now and just like see maybe see something where those two mediums can cross over in some way like whether it's in i know they tried to make an anime of like iron man and wolverine so i mean it, it would just be cool to see that like really step up and have a bigger presence in the realm of pop culture well that's very interesting and if you have thoughts out there on the world of anime and whether or not it's still not yet reached that level of acceptance in our society because I can tell you from my area, I think it is, but from what Josh is saying, it's still not quite yet. We want to hear your thoughts on where anime needs to go next. And I think a live action anime feature that would get everybody excited, that would be transformative, I think would be a great way and a great step towards that acceptance by our culture and society. But again, what are you, your thoughts out there on anime idea of being accepted within our society and do you think it already is share us your thoughts pop culture cosmos at yahoo.com you're listening to the pop culture cosmos don't touch that dial wait do, do people still use dials if you want to see the coolest action figure collections out there the stuff that you played with as a kid hear from industry insiders that made the toys that really truly defined who we are and you got to check out season one of action figure adventure check out action figure adventure now exclusively at big bad toy store you'll get 10 episodes of awesome action figure fun i guarantee if you grew up playing toys you will love action figure adventure and we're back with the show. It's the PCC Multiverse. Want to thank so much Josh Peterson, my cohort in crime on the Monday show, the Pop Culture Cosmos, for stopping by to talk about nerddom, geekdom, and basically everything that's going on with the world of anime and if it's fully accepted. Glad to hear his thoughts on that. That's something he's wanted to get off his chest for a long time. But my friend, speaking of nerddom, 
geekdom, pop culture stuff. One of the big pop culture events of the year, of every year, seemingly, is coming this weekend in a two-night event, which it should stay at, by the way, as we had on what a recent show. Yeah, okay. Our thoughts on that, so at least mine anyways. I kind of talked to you into that, kind of. Yeah, I mean, the nostalgia is still pulling me back to that one day. Those one-day, three-hour shows are no more, my friend. I know, I know. It's seven hours, nine hours. Get prepared for nine hours next year. But anyways... <laughs> <laughs> You're going to have to have like caffeine pills after halfway through the card. But I want to go ahead and tell you this just, right now. Just bring the cooler to the couch, man. I mean, that's all you need, need to do. At the nine you, they're going to put you on an IV. They're going to put like an IV drip for something to keep you awake the whole time. Uh. But it is WrestleMania. It is a two-night event. It's coming up this weekend, Saturday and Sunday. I first want to tell you that we are going to have live reactions both Saturday and Sunday night. I've got Noe and Fine and also John Orlando. John Orlando from the PVD cast, he comes up on Saturday. And Noe and Fine from Hunnic Queen, he comes up on Sunday. Night one and night two will be live on the Pop Culture Cosmos Facebook channel with their thoughts on the card as it happens. We'll be right there at post-game show per se. But you also want to go ahead and check out Monday because if you did catch it for some reason, we'll share their thoughts on the Monday program. But it is going to be a big event. I mean, I know WWE and a whole bunch of fans out there are excited because there will be limited seating. I think it's going to be about 35,000, I think, yep. in that roughly neighborhood out there at Tampa Bay and for the Tampa Stadium out there. Everybody's looking forward to it. But we're going to get into it now, a preview of the upcoming card. We're going to go with night one first. Your thoughts on night one. We're going to go ahead with the first match that I'm showing up with I think we're going to go ahead. I'm going to test you first off. It's a singles match. It's a challenge match, a.k.a. there's no title on the line. It's Cesaro versus Seth Rollins. What are your thoughts on Cesaro versus Seth Rollins and who will come out on top? I'll go ahead and call it right now, Cesaro all the way. I'm actually going to go with you on Cesaro getting the win over Seth Rollins. I have a feeling that Seth Rollins is still in the euphoria of having his child with Becky Lynch. I think uh, being a daddy right now is what he's more interested in. I know that he'll time mm-hmm. he'll he'll get a top spot once again, but I think giving Cesaro the win would be more helpful to him than Seth Rollins getting the win at this time. I think it's more beneficial to putting Cesaro in a better light with the fans. What we got next is a steel cage match: Braun Strowman versus Shane McMahon in the feud I or no one else on the planet really wanted to see. So we're going to basically see Shane McMahon once again taking a spot away from somebody else that's not on the card just so he can do his spectacular bumps that he's known for even at his advanced age. We all see that Braun Strowman is going to do something to him that's going to cause him to do some miraculous bump and most likely unless he massively cheats, he's going to get the win. So I'm, I'm going to go with Braun Strowman on this. Yeah, I'm with you there. I am kind of shocked to see that McMahon's taking another uh, spot away from somebody. What's his last name? McMahon. There you go. You just answered your own question why he's taking the spotlight from somebody. Yeah, I I get that. And, you know, when when you're the big boss, sometimes you get to do what you want. The problem is he needs those people around him telling him that he's hurting the product overall. Tag team match, I don't think I really wanted to see, but I know for a gimmick (laughs) purposes and a celebrity purpose that it has to be done. Bad Bunny and Damian Priest versus The Miz and John Morrison. This is not a match I really want to see. This is not no. a match I think that any wrestling 
fan wants to see, but for a celebrity pop culture factor, I can see why it's there. They do this every year. They get the match that includes a celebrity or gets a celebrity involvement of some type. So I want to hear your thoughts on Bad Bunny and Damian Priest versus The Miz and John Morrison. I'm going to assume that somehow Bad Bunny and Damian Priest will come out on top because The Miz and John Morrison lose every week. <laughs> Do you think that when, you, when you're when you the punching bag every week, they, they give you a maybe a win? You saw how The Miz was destroyed when he lost the WWE title to yeah. Bobby Lashley. Again, let's just go ahead and point out the fact that nobody really cares about this match. And I'll go with you. Bad Bunny's going to win. Let's go with the tag team match, the ROG Tag Team Championship match. The New Day versus AJ Styles and Omos. Omos is, I think, 7-2, seven, a legit 7-2. Standing next to AJ Styles, <laughs> who is really not that tall. I mean, it's kind of funny to see. And I think that's obviously for visual purposes, the way they do it. But I see them getting the win over the New Day, which has held the title 500 times, seemingly. And they'll be known as one of the best WWE tag teams of all time simply because of the fact that they've been around forever. They're very talented. They're very skilled. But again, I think this time, just for the gimmick of it, I think AJ Styles and Omos are going to win that match. New Day's champion here. So why would you bet against them? But, you know, they've, they've been on quite a run here. But I mean, like AJ Styles and Omos, what? what? What are you bringing to the table here other than just, you know, two individuals? It's the New Day. The SmackDown Women's Championship match, Sasha Banks and Bianca Belair. This is the match I would like to see. I'm very interested because I think Sasha Banks, really good champion, Bianca Belair. We're going to find out if she's ready to go ahead and take that next step. I am thinking that of the two matches, I would like to see a title change on. I think it's this one. I think for a chance, you should give Bianca Belair, I think, to see if she can go ahead and shine the spotlight. Sasha Banks is a top contender and a top women's wrestler, and I think she will always be at that stature. So I think now's the time to go ahead and give Bianca Belair the spotlight and have her win this match. I think Bianca's going to win this match. Yeah, I think that's a great prediction. You know, if you look at Sasha Banks, she's got a lot of name recognition when you talk WWE brand. And so I think at this point, it would be advantageous to give Bianca Belair that chance to uh, grab this title and maybe make a name for herself and grow her own brand underneath the WWE umbrella. We'll see what happens, but I'm thinking Bianca Belair will come out on top on this one. The tag team turmoil, fatal four-way for the number one contender for the women's tag team titles. That will be a number one contendership match. That's the Riot Squad versus Dana Brooke and Mandy Rose. Versus Lana and Naomi versus Natalia and Tamina. It's so tough to say because the women's tag team division, unless let's say like a Sasha Banks and Bailey comes over or a, you know, Asuka or Charlotte Flair comes over, it really should be dominated by Nia Jackson, Shayna Baszler. I think whoever wins, I think they should keep the titles on Shayna and Nia for the long term. I'm going to say, just out of drawing out of a hat, I'm going to say Natalia and Tamina, I think of the four, maybe might get the pull just because they have the size advantage and, and maybe they could match up size-wise a lot better against Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax. But I think Nia and Shayna have a little bit better gimmick together, so I think they would win in that matchup. If you were to pick out any team in this fatal four-way number one contenders match, who would that be? I mean, I'm a huge fan of the Riot Squad, but I mean... 
I have a problem with some of these turmoil matches. It just feels like there's too much going on at one time. It's hard. This to... is, well, back in the day, they used to do this stuff because the payday to get them on the card because being on it on a pay-per-view, you get that payday. You get yeah. the extra payday for yeah. an appearance on the card. So they used to go ahead and do like with the, you know, the, the Andre the giant battle Royale. Yeah. That's yeah, to yeah. get all the wrestlers on there and the, the women's battle Royal on there. They, they do that in order to get all the wrestlers on the WrestleMania card. So this is one way you can get eight wrestlers on this card that may not be on this card under normal circumstances. So that's probably the reason why that they're doing this match. Yeah, and maybe it makes my point even more that maybe we shouldn't just be making matches to put people on the card. I I, I don't know. I'm just saying one day WrestleMania might cut some of the extra matches that are happening. But I also know that this is a financial decision, right? Like you're trying to get everyone paid. And so at the end of the day, you know, I'm going to go with Riot Squad. I just, I don't know why. Fan. I don't think any of those teams would be effective in beating Shayna or Nia at this point in time. The winner will wrestle the next night against Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler. So we'll see what happens with that on this WrestleMania weekend. But last but not least for night one is for the WWE Championship. And that is Bobby Lashley versus Drew McIntyre. Let's just call it the Raw title. Okay, at this point. Yeah, that's all it is. Yep. Bobby Lashley has been a monster. has been a beast. Drew McIntyre is someone who they were trying to build a company around this time last year. Didn't quite work out in the pandemic era the way they wanted to with him. So they had him drop the title, I think not once, but twice, if memory serves. So I want to hear your thoughts on Drew McIntyre. Could he regain it again for, I believe, the third time? I'm honestly going to default to the odds books here. I think we're setting him up to win. For two guys that have really driven the brand over the last few years, you can't ask for a better match here. With Drew McIntyre, I think if they do let him win, it's because they're going to let him win for the first time in front of a crowd. I think that's that's the probably what they're trying to go for, to see if he can get that kind of acceptance that no. they were hoping with last year in the pandemic era. Because remember, he didn't win the title in front of a crowd. He beat Brock Lesnar for the first yeah. time at WrestleMania at the Performance Center. So it's kind of a different story now that you're in front of 35,000 fans. So we'll see if they do give him the title opportunity and the chance to win it, if he goes ahead and becomes the individual that this company can work around because they're missing that right now. They're missing that one dynamic individual the whole company can work around. Is Drew McIntyre the answer? I'm not so sure, but one way we might find out may happen this weekend in night one of WrestleMania. Night two of WrestleMania is right after that on Sunday. And we're going to go ahead and get to that in a sec right after the break. This is the PCC Multiverse. If you need your video game fix, be sure to check out Retro City Games. Located in Town Square on Las Vegas Boulevard or in Henderson, Nevada, Retro City Games has the cure for all your video game vices. Retro games and games for current consoles, Nintendo, Sega, PlayStation, Xbox, and more. Retro City Games has all the staples from any library and some highly collectible offerings too. So pick up a few games today at Retro City Games in Town Square on Las Vegas Boulevard or in Henderson, Nevada. Retro City Games is your video game metropolis. And we're back to close out the show. This is the PCC Multiverse. I'm here along with my good friend, Mr. Castle PCC on Twitter and Instagram with a K. That's Marcus De La Garza. Night two in our huge WrestleMania preview. 
So let's start off, my friend, with the Intercontinental Championship on the line in an, a Nigerian drum fight. It is Big E, who we just talked about before the we break. We did. Yeah, we did. He's the U.S. champion versus Apollo Cruz. I like Apollo Cruz. I really like his athletic style. He's got a new persona. He's gone heel. He's gone bad. But he wants to bring this more to his Nigerian roots. Still kind of vague on what the actual rules of this match are, if it's anything outside the norm. But it is for the Intercontinental Championship. As much as I like Apollo Crews, I still think that they're going to go ahead and let Big E retain. I think the company is high on Big E right now. I think that's why they had him separated from the New Day and gave him a big singles push. I think they're trying to invest a lot into him, so I think they're going to give him the win on this one. I'm high on Big E here, but I mean, obviously, Apollo Crews is going to be a great challenger. You are right, though, pushing Big E out on his own to make his own brand, to to really grow himself. And, and maybe the company here can't discount the fact that he's bringing all sorts of great fans to the sport right now. So let's, uh, I mean, I, I'm with you here. Big E's probably my favorite here. But, you know, Apollo Crews as a challenger, I think you can't really ask for somebody that is dedicating themselves to the craft right now. You look at what he's done. He's turned his persona around. He's really embracing that heel attitude. You know, it's, it's a little bit slower out the gate here, but I mean, he's got a shot here to win the title and, and keep moving on, man. Uh, I think he's got a prospect for a big 2021, 2022, but I think you're right. There's a big push behind Big E and we might see his reign continue. So who do you think is going to win? Big E? Yeah. Apollo Cruz. No, Big E. Big E all the way. I'm just saying Apollo Cruz has a great shot. It's just going to be one of those things that I think you've got to get behind what the storyline needs to be and who needs to be winning here. And at this point, I think it's Big E. There's also another singles match on the card. This is a feud that's continuing, whether we like it or not. Yeah. Randy Orton versus The Fiend, Bray Wyatt. I know with Alexa Bliss and her wannabe Margot Robbie type deal where she wants to go ahead and... <laughs> How do you describe that one? <laughs> maybe a budget version of Harley Quinn, maybe. Uh, it's probably the best way to say it. She's doing her... her she's, she's trying to channel her inner Harley Quinn. Let's leave it at yeah. that. Let's yeah. leave it at that. But yeah, all that's going on as far as the singles match is concerned. You know it's going to be crazy. You know it's going to be wild. I hope it's not going to be really too scripted because I could not stand the actual scripted matches that were done last year, especially the one with John Cena. I cannot stand that with a passion. Right. So I want to hear your thoughts on this match between Randy Orton and Bray Wyatt. Hopefully this will end. I'm hoping this will end this feud. Yeah, this has been a weird feud. It's gone on for way too long, and hopefully this is what settles it. I mean, this is why WrestleMania exists, right? You've got to settle the feuds once and for all, and there's no better stage to do it than WrestleMania. You know, I'm with you here. I think that this this has the possibility for Randy Orton to walk away. I think I still have the odds sheet up here. Let's take a look at the odds for a second. The Fiend. The Fiend all the way. Man, I was not looking. I'm uh, going to say Randy's going to win. I'm really? Gonna say yeah. I'm not a big Randy fan, but I always think he needs to be held and kept strong. Why? I think because I, I, he, I don't, he's just an upper mid card guy. He, you know, they give him title runs because he's legitimate. He's, he's big. He's believable. Plus they're spending a ton of cash on him. Yeah. I, I, I yeah. The marketing's there for him. Yeah. With a fiend, you can always have him lose and you can give him something else because he's always does that weird gimmick and people forget about his last match anyways. 
I'm going to say Randy Orton is going to win. That's just my pick. So you're picking the Fiend? I'm going to go to the Fiend, even though the odds are so terrible. It looks like probably one of my crypto moonshots right now. So uh, Maybe I should put some money on Randy Orton. There you go. We'll see what happens. Yep. But another match on it, as far as a whopping nothing on the line, singles match is two old adversaries that have known each other for a long time since ROH, the Indies, and so forth. And that's Kevin Owens versus Sami Zayn. I don't think they're going to get the kind of match I want to see with them because they've had some great matches before they entered the WWE. I'm hoping that they will. I'm hoping that they will be told, you know what, you guys go ahead and get 20 minutes. Go ahead and do what you need to do. I'm hoping they'll get that, but I'm not sure that they will. But I'm giving Kevin Owens the nod on this one. I'm going to have to follow your suit here. This is one that I, I just don't have really an opinion on. I'm hoping Kevin Owens walks out with the W, but I mean, this is in my mind, I, I really don't have a preference here. And I don't know if that's just because I don't find either guy compelling, but it's just, there's nothing here for me on that when it comes to Kevin Owens. Yeah. I'd hope Sammy shows up, puts up a great fight, but I think I'm going to go with you here on Kevin. Next match is a United States championship match. Cause you can't have enough title matches at WrestleMania. Well, I want to go ahead and preface that because I think if the women's tag title match is defended, it'll be defended against the number one contenders on night two. Let's hope that happens just to bring in another match and also be able to go ahead and give all those ladies out there another shot in the spotlight with WrestleMania. But a U.S. championship match, the U.S. title will be on the line. Sheamus versus, you can't say Matt, but you can say Riddle. So I want to hear your thoughts on the dude, bro, dude bro with the bare feet reminding me of kevin von eric and he is going to go up as the champion against sheamus in a match that is totally not exciting me at all whatsoever you talked about the ko sammy Zayn match not exciting you this one is not exciting me at all i am not into the dude bro character because i lived through that here in southern california in the 80s but i want to hear your thoughts on this match riddle versus Seamus. Yeah, it's definitely the dude bro. Let's get the the average frat bro into this match kind of thing. I'm not high on Seamus at all. I'm just not high on this match, dude. I think this is a weird niche crowd pleaser match. And I couldn't even tell you what that niche is. And, <laughs> you know, well, everybody, you know, if you've got a, a, one of those motorized skateboards, I think you'll be able to go ahead and you, if you're in that. Is that what it is? If, if, if you're a one wheel rider, this is the match for you? I guess so, apparently. Guess. Oh, no. Oh, no. So, dude. dude, I mean, bro, I mean, I've got my one wheel. It's we could just ride down to the shore. It's fine. <laughs> okay, dude. But, yeah, I say, dude, <laughs> dude, bro, Mr. Riddle. I think he is going to come out on top because Seamus, he's been there, done that. I know he's a good buddy of Triple H, but he's been losing a lot on television lately. And I just don't see him getting a U.S. title at this point in time. Yeah, I'm with you. I was trying to pull up Seamus's recent win-loss record. Yeah, it's it's not pretty. Interesting, but uh, yeah, it's I'm with you here. Seamus has been kind of in the in the dumps here lately. It would be nice to see them give him OW, but his win loss record is not looking pretty over the last little bit here. Interesting oh. matchup for a WrestleMania, though, Gerald. Yeah, you, ha- yes. you have to admit. Yes, it is an interesting matchup, dude, bro. Two matches left. <laughs> Actually, the match I'm most interested in. You know, obviously one of my favorite wrestlers, and I've spoken about her many times on this show, Asuka who has been given a horrendous run as champion because they've gone every which way they can to undermine her at every stretch they can. 
She's been steady for the company for over a year now, especially during the pandemic era. She is still champion, and she goes up against Rhea Ripley. Rhea Ripley has come in like a house of fire with a lot of pub, a lot of press, the vignettes, the promo, all the stuff that they should be doing for Asuka, especially someone who was undefeated for three years like Asuka. I'm still going to say that Asuka should win. Whether or not she does win, I'm not so sure because, you know, once Vince McMahon goes googly-eyed on, on a star, whether it's male or female, he just goes to the roof on that individual. So he may have that for Rhea Ripley at this point in time. I'm going to hope that Oscar wins, but I'm not quite sure. I know the odds say Rhea is going to win. And if anybody says Rhea is going to win, I can't say I would say you're wrong on that. Yeah, I'm I'm looking at Asuka's one loss here over the last seed. Don't look, it's not pretty. It, anything that says non-title, yeah, it's yeah. usually yeah, yeah, yeah. So, it, I mean, she's at like they're, they're doing that same thing to Sasha Banks. They have the champion lose all the time in tag matches or lose all the time in non-title matches to give everybody else some type of legitimacy. It just doesn't make sense. It it just it doesn't keep your champion strong, and I really don't like it. That's another story. Yeah, I mean, she's at a win loss record of 12.5% for the first bit of 2021 here. When for your you champion. At, yeah, for your champion. This, th- that's not normal. Someone uh, who was undefeated for three years. Yeah, yeah. Uh, now, a really interesting development here, but I think I'm with you. You know, you start looking at what's going on behind the scenes here. I think Rhea Ripley's getting ready to be launched into extreme stardom when yeah. it comes to wrestling. Unfortunately, it's it's how the cards have shaken out, but we'll we'll see what goes on when we get to wrestlemania i mean night two is going to be fun i'm know that we've kind of talked some mess about randy orton and kevin owens and and those two matches and but i I think we're going to have some fun when it comes to night two and and this is going to be a great match to watch even if we see another loss here but i'm hoping we don't man this is a championship match let her win so let's keep the streak going let's keep the streak going it'd be nice if they finish out on a strong title run Rhea can always win it at SummerSlam. There's also Charlotte Flair that's in the mix. I know she's coming back for the coronavirus. I know that she'll be put into play as far as a top contender is concerned. And you have the Harley Quinn impersonator herself, Alexa Bliss, who is extremely popular with the fans. So we'll see what happens. Uh, I'm looking that more for a future for the Raw title division. So we'll see what happens. But I'm hoping Asuka will win, but I'm not 100% confident that will happen, especially the way they've been booking her as of late. I mean, they drop a table on her last week. They have her drop the fall, a non-title match with her and Rhea Ripley and Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler. So, I mean, it's just not been looking good for her. So I don't expect good things when it comes to night two at WrestleMania for her. Well, she had two big wins, though. I mean, she beat Shayna Baszler actually on my birthday, March 15th. Yeah, she she did because that was a comeback because of the fact that Shayna Baszler accidentally drop-kicked her teeth out. She doesn't even have her front teeth right now. She has to go to dental surgery, I think, and get uh, her regular ones put back in. She has, Seriously? Right yeah, that happened in a tag match with her, I think, earlier this year, where she took the loss with Charlotte Flair in a rematch against Shayna Baszler and Nia Jackson. You see this always. You know, this always goes around Nia Jackson, Shayna Baszler. But yeah, Shayna Baszler hit her with a drop kick in the face and knocked her teeth out and gave her a concussion. I had no clue that had gone on. Yeah. I somehow missed that storyline, man. She, but, uh, yeah. she was out for three weeks. She got the comeback when she came back and she pinned Shayna Baszler in a couple minutes, you know, with a fluke win where it was like, okay, Shayna Baszler had her in her submission hold, but somehow had her shoulders down while doing it. And, yeah. It's just, it was, you know, it, again, the way they're, the way they're doing stuff. storyline action. Yeah. There, you know? Yeah. Storyline yeah. action is, is, but again, that, this could be something I could deal with all day. 
in regards to how they approach things with not only her, but several other wrestlers. I mean, there's a list of people that they've had bad booking on. I mean, we'd be here till next Friday, next Friday, and next Friday, if we talked about that. That's a bigger and longer issue there in and of itself. But again, my friend, we're going to go ahead and finish out 9-2 with the championship match that a lot of people are talking about, and that is Roman Reigns versus Daniel Bryan versus Edge. And I think this is a match a lot of people want to see. So I want to hear your thoughts. Edge has come back. He's looking great. He's looking in shape. He's ready to go. Daniel Bryan has said, I don't know if he gave away what his the intentions of the match were, but he has said that he wants to at some or he said it earlier this year. He said that he's wants to go ahead and get off a of full-time status, which I think he probably will in the not too distant future and wrestle part-time. But then again, you know, with the WWE part-time wrestlers winning championships has been something that they've done before, i.e. Brock Lesnar. But your thoughts on Roman Reigns versus Edge versus Daniel Bryan. I see Roman Reigns coming out on top. I see them still waiting for a chance to go ahead and continue to push him. What are your thoughts on this triple threat match? Weird kind of match style here with the triple threat match here. I think Edge is even odds uh, when I was looking at the odd sheet just a few minutes ago. Looking past that, Roman Reigns is, I think, is second in, in line there. And then Daniel Bryan, obviously, at the end, talking about his expected exit to part-time status it's going to be a fun match to watch and you know you talk about roman reigns continuing to build and build and build and build and build that brand right and pushing him forward but it's it's going to be uh i don't know man Uh, this is going to be a fun match to watch i don't really have a lot to say about it other than i think the edge is going to take it when you look at the three of them i'm a little bit further over on the edge side than i am roman reigns or daniel bryan at this point I think if you want to continue Roman Reigns as your top individual, I mean, there was a time where pushing him as your top individual made a lot of fans upset. Now that he's finally healed two years too late, I think you got to go ahead and continue <laughs> to run with it. it. It would have been great for him to be a heel two years ago or three years ago when it was really needed, when the fans were really kind of sick of him at that point in time. But right now it kind of works with him and Pauly dangerously, a.k.a. Paul Heyman. So I don't really like that dynamic between them and each other. And now the Uso brothers, whether or not they're going to interfere, we'll see what happens. But I'm thinking Roman Reigns will win it. But again, we, if you have chance, please hit us up this weekend on your thoughts. We will also be doing post-game interviews with Night One, John Orlando from the PVD cast, and also as well, Knowing Fine from Honey Queen. Maybe even Marcus might drop by. That's up to him. But we want to hear your thoughts on WrestleMania Please share it while we're on the air. Go ahead and let us know. Pop Culture Cosmos on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, or wherever you get your podcasts. But my friend, our big, huge WrestleMania preview is done. Another week is in the books. It's been a great time talking to you. Thanks for coming back in the chair as always. Any last thoughts on the way out? Keep an eye out on the news. I think we've got some great storylines coming from WrestleMania here. And we've seen some really cool pop culture things pop up over the last few weeks as far as uh, movie announcements, TV announcements. So, uh, you know, I'm just keeping my eyes peeled, man. Last thoughts on the way out. Have a good day. Have a great week. I can't wait to talk to you guys again next week. Remember on Monday's show with Josh and I, we're going to be recapping Falcon Winter Soldier Episode 4. He has some thoughts, finally on Godzilla versus King Kong and the Snyder Cut. And of course, we will wrap up WrestleMania as well. So for Marcus De La Garza, this is Gerald Glassford. It's another beautiful day in paradise right here in the PCG.
C. Multiverse. We thank you for listening. And here's hoping you have yourself a great